Hello, and welcome to our latest episode in 30 for Net Zero 30. I'm Anna Marie Slot, Global ESG and Sustainability Partner at Ashurst. And today we're joined in person by Surajan Som, who heads up banking and capital markets for Hitachi in Europe. It's an interesting title. Um, could you maybe today give us a little background? What is Hitachi doing in banking and capital markets? What is your role there? And how, how have you come to join Hitachi? Absolutely. So thank you very much for having me here uh, today. Uh, Hitachi has been in the banking space for quite a while. And uh, we have a financial services business globally that's worth over $11 billion. And we are working in probably about top 44 of the top 50 banks in the world uh, in that space. And uh, my role is uh, primarily to bring together the expertise of the wider Hitachi group and the expertise that we have within the technology functions of Hitachi and looking at how we can bring those two things together and help the banking industry out, uh, whether it's uh, around managing their internal systems and processes or optimizing how they run their businesses today, make them more efficient, from a, from a point of view of uh, you know, managing their capital better, but also making them more sustainable going forward. So that's that's where I am today. Excellent. It's an, it's a really interesting space, right? Because you don't really think about all of the back, you know, back office and everything that goes into being a bank, right? But it is a, is an organization just like every other organization. Um, I know you and I spoke at at COP up in Glasgow. Um, what was, you know, not that many months ago, but feels like a, a really long time ago. Further to that conversation, what are you seeing? Are you seeing a shift in people's conversations about sustainability? Are you seeing that coming into your, um, your, your, your interactions with your clients more often? Well, absolutely, yes. And uh, I would probably say there are several drivers to this, especially post-COVID. Uh, sustainability has become a, a very important part of everyone's agenda. You're seeing chief sustainability officers being appointed in uh, boards across uh, across the industry and especially within banking itself. And uh, one of the reasons for that, I would say, is... Uh, in, in terms of how the market's kind of been driven in this in this space, uh, initially you, you've had, uh, you know, the global organizations, the global consortia who's been looking at sustainability and how ESG can be driven. Uh, that's kind of almost pushed uh, the governments to get into action, and some of them have. Um, following on from the governments, then we're seeing several agencies of change. Uh, now, at the end of that spectrum, I would say it's the consumer and the end user himself or herself who's saying, I will not buy this unless this is sustainable. Of course, that's probably the biggest driver there. But then also in the middle of this, uh, I would say a big agency of change is the financial services institutions, uh, which uh, primarily uh, the reason for them being important here is they're holding on to something which uh, represents a lot of power in this overall equation. They hold on to the money that's driving the industries, that's driving the consumer behavior and so on. So um, if you look at how banking impacts sustainability today, uh, on the one hand, they have a position where they're financing sustainable projects and sustainable uh, initiatives at, at more favorable rates and favor favorable terms. On the other hand, they're also acting as that agency which is attracting capital from investors who would like to invest in sustainable projects, sustainable bonds, and so on. So I would say because of that interesting position they have in that overall power equation within uh, the economy, uh, they can be a major driver to making organizations and corporations more sustainable going forward. 
um, if they're not doing it by themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. And, and, and it is that role of finance that I think really came out in, in COP in Glasgow in a way that maybe didn't come out in the previous COPs around what the finance sector and GFANS and all, you know, the, all of those initiatives, how, how does that deliver on the commitments that are being made by the governments and, and, and by businesses? Do you think, I mean, in light of that, you're talking to people every day around these issues. Is there a specific action, a specific um, thing that needs to happen here in the next kind of two to three years that you think to really accelerate delivery of, you know, the conversations that started and have been put out there in the world, but are at this point conversations? So, so, so one thing I would say, which is probably the weakest link right now in terms of uh, being sustainable or rather proving that you're sustainable is the availability of information and the availability of data. Uh, so if people can solve that weakest link, uh, you have, you'll have a much better view of where they are and where they need to be. Uh, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, as they say. So uh, Hitachi itself, for instance, has a number of initiatives out there in, in place, which is looking at how can we make this entire kind of uh, lineage of information uh, more transparent and trusted ac- across, uh, not just within organizations, but, but across the value chain of uh, the organizations, whether, it, whether you're a bank, whether you're a manufacturer, uh, uh, whether you're in the energy space, uh, we, we are trying to put in place uh, the right kind of, uh, and I'll use the word infrastructure in the broader sense of the term, but the right kind of uh, platforms in place so that they can ingest information around how they're using uh how they're using energy, how they're uh, controlling their emissions, uh, how they are uh, how they are behaving with their supply chain uh, in terms of the uh, suppliers, in terms of the vendors that they interact with. How do you pull all that information together, uh, ensure that that information is not tampered with, and then be able to aggregate that information? view it in a easily understandable way and also inform the rest of the value chain uh, and their customers and other stakeholders that each organization is doing the right thing in the right way and taking the right actions. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think you have that problem, right? You have too much data and you have not enough data and then you have the integrity of, of, of being able to interpret what it is that you can say off of what you have um, and I think that's where Hitachi's, you know, technology side is really fascinating in terms of what, you know, how you're looking at that challenge. Uh, absolutely. And as they say, uh, you know, one should drink one's own champagne. And I'm not going to kind of go into other, um, you know, other, other ways of describing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, at Hitachi ourselves, we, we represent a conglomerate of 900 different companies. And uh, we ourselves have a pledge to be net zero by 2030 and we also have a pledge to uh, be able to uh, be net zero for the entire value chain that we're operating in by 2050. Now that's that's obviously a, a, a massively tall claim to make uh, but in order for us to kind of achieve that uh, some of the things that we are talking about to our customers we're actually implementing some of those things ourselves within our group companies. So, um, so, so, yeah, we were trying to lead by example and um, you know put these things into practice and and practical implementation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think do, I think having both those sides is really useful, right? For for when you talk to your clients about that, because you understand how difficult it is. I mean, it, to to have a net zero commitment is good, and that 
we should all be there. But then to deliver on the data behind where you are and where you need to be going, I think is 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 a challenge that a lot of companies are trying to face to figure out, you know, where do I even start on that? Absolutely. So, you know, whether you're looking internally within an organization where people are trying to, uh, let's say, decarbonize their data centers, uh, which is a very interesting problem to solve, and we're doing a lot of stuff in that space, um, but also, uh, you know, more mundane things like uh, monitoring your energy usage and ensuring that, you know, you're using more renewable energy than kind of other other forms of energy and so on. Uh, kind of looking at it internally, but then also, uh, you know, integrating external information, uh, especially if you're if you're a bank and or if you're an asset manager who's issuing green bonds, uh, figuring out the uh, ESG metrics associated with all the constituents of those bonds. Uh, problem is, as you said, it, it's, it's more of a problem of too much data out there, because now you've got uh, dozens of data providers who can actually provide you information about th those constituents, those companies or um, you know, organizations uh, for whom you've, you're holding uh, positions. Um, but then each of them are uh, collecting thousands of different metrics and using lots of different methodologies to kind of calculate those metrics as well. So so being able to kind of integrate all of that together, harmonize that information, being able to come up with a consistent way of measuring the information, that itself is a challenge. And uh, yeah, and, and, and again, uh, we have our teams in Japan kind of focusing on that space along with uh, some of our um, developing, we call them developing partners or co-creation partners within the banking space. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it's not a journey that we have completed. It's a journey we're on. And uh, again, I think the rest of the industry is kind of moving in that direction as well. So yeah, so data, I think, is where especially, you know, the skill set with your background, with Hitachi's background, I think it's, it, it is that, that pain point right now for clients, understanding what data they need, how to get to it. Um, I know you're working with people all the time. Could, could you just kind of walk us through maybe on a no-names basis some, uh, you know, some of the experiences that you've had with clients and around those challenges? Yeah, so if you think of uh, Hitachi's expertise in data, we're probably one of the few organizations in the world uh, uh, where data is in our DNA. Uh, so that's all the way from us uh, building storage solutions for data, so literally hardware on which you store data, to uh, software solutions that allow you to manage that information, manage the data, bring it in together, integrate that, um, create data models that allow you to analyze that information in a much easier way, and then be able to visualize that information, especially for business audiences or other stakeholders who are not necessarily technical, for them to be able to easily visualize and analyze information uh, from, a, from a single pane of glass. Uh, that's what we do very well. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, when we overlay that with our services capabilities, our experience of actually helping customers in this space, uh, that kind of takes you to that through that entire value chain of managing data. So, so uh, from our from our core consulting and uh, delivery perspective, we have individuals who are working closely with our customers understanding what their data requirements are. So especially in a, in a sustainability-related uh, scenario, it's sitting down with the stakeholders uh, within our customers, understanding where what their data requirements are, understanding where that information comes from, uh, what kind of 
additional information needs to be gathered because uh, as i mentioned just just a little little while ago uh, there could be lots of internal information you might need to capture around uh, picking up information from sensors some of those sensors might not actually even be in place so putting those sensors in in the first place capturing that information and bringing it all together but also uh, sometimes it's about bringing in external information because uh, someone's already done the hard work and uh, figured out what for, and just as an example, what Coca-Cola's ESG rankings are and how they break down into sp individual specific data points. So there is, an, uh, there is a task out there of being able to pull in that information from external data providers, building interfaces to su such organizations, and, and just to name a few, you know, you've got Bloomberg out there, Thomson Reuters out there, Refinitiv out there, and so on. Um, and, and of course, uh, MSCI and GRI and, and, and so on. So being able to uh, build those interfaces, pull that information together from those those places. And then once you've got all of that together, uh, uh, as I've just mentioned uh, a while back, it's also about adding the context of the organization on top of that data, because that data by itself doesn't actually mean much until you've actually brought it in and integrated it with the context of what it means within your organization and what it means to measure that information uh, within your organization as well as within your peers and, and benchmarking that information. And, and then, of course, as I said, it's also about consuming that information in a way that's easily understandable, that's available at the right time to the right people uh, with the right information. So, it, it, and, and this is what we would do with most of our customers, uh, especially in the sustainability space. Uh, we would take them through that entire end-to-end -end journey of uh, ingesting information, assimilating that information, and consuming that information so that they can take the right decisions towards a sustainable future. And I think that, I mean, the key there, right, is for, for each company is to really think about what's material in that company, right? Because those those determinants will be different. And so you could spend, you know, your life tracking data, but what you really need is actionable, useful data that you can do something with and that is material to the operations of what what you're doing, which is, I think, where a lot of companies just say, oh, this is this gigantic universe of E, S, and G. I don't even know where to start. But I think it is really that focus on trying to figure out, okay, what, what, what do I know? What's important to me? You know, and then how do I, you know, go and take what I know in, in a way that's, and make it digestible and, and useful and actionable? So I always, I always ask everybody, what, what this is, this is your work world. What, how about your, uh, how about your home space or your, what are you doing yourself around any kind of commitments to net zero? Are you changing any behavior patterns and in, in your own life? Uh, I'm definitely trying to. So um, myself moved over to a hybrid vehicle in the last six months. Um, didn't go full electric as yet because uh, I, I I still need to be fully convinced about the uh, the range and anxiety issues that fully electric vehicles give you. But uh, I've gone far enough. But but in the, in the next six months or maybe in the next year or so, we might go fully electric as well. Looking at installing solar panels at, at my place, um, traveling more by uh, kind of energy efficient means of transport as and when practical and possible and especially if you're living in London uh, you're on public transport most most of the time which is uh, especially the tube 
is probably one of the most uh, non-polluting forms of uh, transport that you can find. So, uh, so trying try, trying to do all of those things, trying trying to switch off, uh, uh, you know, your devices and especially your light at home if you're not using it. Uh, wear uh, wear warm clothes at home instead of con turning the heating on unnecessarily. So yeah, tr tr trying to do as much as we can uh, at, at a personal level. No, excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, the aggregation of lots of different things, small things together, still becomes big. Um, great. That so so. I guess as a final takeaway, if you could get people listening to 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 have one action or to think about one thing, either in their in their work life, kind of questions to ask internally as they're looking at their own um, company, or you know, other than that, it can be any anything whatsoever. Um, what would be your kind of key takeaway for people? So one one thing I would say is uh, whenever you're doing something, whether it's you, you know whether you're buying something or using something, uh, one should think of the impact that has on uh, your environment around you. Uh, one um, something that I would uh, always say, and, and I used to say this kind of 10, 15 years ago, but probably is much more relevant now than uh, ever, is uh, we should all remember that we didn't inherit this world from our ancestors. We actually borrowed it from our children and grandchildren. So we should do everything to make sure that uh, it carries on and, and it sustains. No, excellent. An excellent uh, frame to um, to think about as people walk away from, from this session. So thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed uh, having you on this 20th episode of our 30 for Net Zero 30. Um, so looking forward to 10 more and thanks for your time. Thank you, Anna-Marie. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me here today. 